Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, March 10th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we preview today's primary elections. Then, in celebration of Women's History Month, we meet with two prominent women from the Department of Archives and History. Plus, an airbag recall could affect 100,000 Mississippi vehicles. How to know if yours need to be replaced. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Today, Mississippi joins five other states in what is being called Big Tuesday, a day of primary elections that will help shape local and national races. Voters in Mississippi will have the ability to vote in either the Republican or Democratic primaries in races determining the two major parties' candidates for president, senator, and all four House seats. Lucian Smith is chairman for the Mississippi GOP. He tells our Kobe Vance he estimates a good turnout of Republican voters. Obviously, it's 2020, so... Uh, federal elections are the only thing on the ballot, uh, but we're hoping that we'll have a good turnout. Uh, President Trump uh, has two opponents on the ballot for uh, Mississippi's delegates to the Republican National Convention. Uh, there are uh, primaries for the Republican nomination for Congress in uh, the second, the third, and the fourth congressional district. Uh, and so our hope is we'll have a lot of people show up, uh, ask for the Republican ballot, uh, and, uh, and cast a vote today. But, you know, I'm confident uh, at the end of 2020 uh, that Mississippi is going to reelect three uh, Republican congressmen. Uh, We're going to return Cindy Hyde Smith to the Senate. Um, And and at the very least, we're going to make Congressman Thompson work uh, to keep a seat. We're going to give the people a a choice in that district, um, and we will work hard to support our nominee. Now, uh, what do you think voter turnout is going to be like? You know, I think it's naturally going to be lower than it has been in the past because there, there are no open seats. Um, in 2016, the Republican primary had uh, a little bit more than 400,000 people uh, vote in it. Uh, but at that time, uh, we had an open race for president, which drove turnout. Uh, we hope people will show up tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I would, I, my personal estimates are between three and 400,000 uh, votes cast in the Republican primary, uh, but it's very difficult to predict. Uh, because there's not an open seat. You know, we have an incumbent congressman in the third district. We have an incumbent congressman in the fourth district. Um, and when that happens, a lot of people uh, sometimes forget that there's actually a primary. Um, and so we've been reminding people on social media, uh, traditional media, like with you, uh, that today's a primary. Uh, polls are open from seven to seven. 
uh, and we hope people will go and uh, go and request the Republican ballot and vote. And that's one thing that I like to remind people that, you know, party matters. There are two parties in Mississippi, um, and each of them reflects a fundamentally different governing philosophy. Um, there's only one conservative party. That's the Republican Party. And so uh, when people go vote tomorrow, I would go vote today, and I certainly hope they will, uh, I'd remind them that if they want to support conservative policies, if they want to support uh, the Trump administration and what the president is doing, then they need to go in and ask for the Republican uh, ballot, vote on the Republican side, and, and make sure their their voice is heard. And then lastly, for somebody who looks at this and says, you know, uh, looks like Trump's already getting the nomination, so uh, do I need to go vote? Um, can you talk on that a little bit? I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's crucial that people go vote. Um, first, because you know, these seats belong to the people. They don't belong to uh, the folks who happen to be sitting in them, they don't vote to they don't belong to the, the leadership of the state party. They belong to the voters of uh, each of those congressional districts uh, and to the people of Mississippi. Lucian Smith is the chairman for the Mississippi Republican Party. The race for the Democratic nominee for president has been hotly contested. A field of over 20 active campaigns has been whittled down to three. Former Vice President Joe Biden, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, and Hawaii Congresswoman uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Mississippi Democratic Party chairman Bobby Moak thinks the candidates at the top of the ticket will motivate voters to turn out at the polls. But as he tells our Kobe Vance, spring break could have some effect. The colleges are gone. Uh, a lot of the high schools are gone. And so a lot of families are traveling. So I think you'll see those numbers down a little bit in the Democrat and Republican primaries, probably because of that. But but I do think we'll have a robust uh, turnout. And now, you know, uh, Mississippi did have a lot more candidates to look towards before the uh, before the primaries in other states, uh, specifically talking about Super Tuesday and how several candidates have uh, since dropped out. Do you think that's going to impact voter turnout at all? Uh, what we have been seeing is some of those people who supported the other candidates are swinging their support other ways. So while there, there probably would be a little bit of a... Uh, of a drop-off because of that, because we did have 10 original candidates for the presidential primary here in Mississippi, uh, and we're only down to three now. It, it could have some impact, but um, I think that we'll we'll see those folks um, switch allegiance to the to the candidates that are still on the ballot, and I believe they'll turn out and vote. And then our, uh, as far as other elected officials that are open for election, uh, what should Mississippians be looking towards uh, in those? Well, I mean, our incumbent congressman, uh, Benny Thompson, will be on the ballot in the 2nd District. Uh, he has a challenger in the Democratic primary, and Republicans have also lined up some some hopefuls in their primary. Uh, both of the incumbents, um, in dist- well, the incumbent in District 4, the Republican, and the Republican incumbent in District 3, each have pretty uh, healthy challenges in their primaries. So I would expect to see, you know, Republicans get out there. Uh, as far as the election goes, who do you think might take the overall nomination here in Mississippi? I think there's, um, you know, without, and I'm not, have not endorsed any candidate and I'm not going to do that until we, uh, until we get to the national convention. But uh, the the Biden folks looks like looks like they have uh, started building an infrastructure, and have been the beneficiaries of the Bloomberg 
infrastructure that was in place. Bloomberg spent a lot of money and a lot of work time, work hours here in the state with his staff. And I believe, um, I don't know for a fact, but I believe uh, Biden is getting the benefit uh, of a lot of that based on on national networks and the information that we've that we have heard as far as like uh, republicans voting in the democratic primary do y'all see many republicans possibly doing that or do you think it's just not an issue i don't see that happening um i mean that was they attempted to do that in uh, one of the other states i think actually the uh, the president suggested that they do that, and uh, as we would say in southern vernacular, they drew back a nub. Uh, it didn't turn out very well for them. So I have not seen that con- that concerted effort here in Mississippi to do that. But uh, hey, we welcome all of our Republican friends uh, to come over if they've decided they want to make the switch. Bobby Moak is the chairman for the Mississippi Democratic Party. Polls are open and will close at 7 o'clock tonight. Photo ID is required to vote. Coming up, in celebration of Women's History Month, we meet with two prominent women from the Department of Archives and History. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The year 2020 marks the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, granting women in the United States the right to vote. The Mississippi Department of History is honoring the role of women and the suffrage movement with a variety of programs this year, including its newest exhibition. We meet with Pamela Jr., director of the two Mississippi museums and the first voice you'll hear, and Katie Blunt, director of the Department of Archives and History, to discuss women, history, and leadership in Mississippi. The name of the exhibition is Mississippi Distilled, Prohibition, Piety, and Politics. <laughs> that's <laughs> Mississippi. That, that, the three Ps, that's Mississippi. It's an immersive exhibition exploring the state's tumultuous relationship with alcohol from colonial uh, period to today. So we know that Mississippi was the longest one to hold out as in regards to uh, prohibition. And there was the women's suffrage movement, and they were upset about people drinking. And we have this amazing story behind the Gold Coast that what what we in the African-American community used to call across the river. So it's just so much to this exhibition that starts on March 20th of our opening reception and the actual exhibition opens to everybody that Saturday. And this isn't like where you walk in and see some things on a wall. This is very immersive as I understand. It's very immersive. We have all type of bottles and over 200 artifacts have been found for this exhibition. So we're excited, and, and everybody likes good stories about prohibition. Katie, how, how is uh, your department or your agency overseeing this, and, and what kind of contribution to this exhibit? Well, we have a, a lot of um, uh, events coming up um, honoring the, the anniversary of suffrage. Uh, 
our Freedom Seder on April 2nd, uh, which is a program that features the rituals of Passover and honors the Freedom Seder uh, during the civil rights era. The, the theme this year is suffrage, and we're honoring the women who uh, fought for suffrage rights early in the century as well as the ongoing work during the civil rights era for voting rights. And we'll have actually a number of History is Lunch uh, speakers that connect with the Mississippi Distilled exhibit. One is Jennifer Ishi talking about women's suffrage. That's coming up. So just keep an eye on our website, mdah.ms.gov, uh, for all of the events that, w- that we'll um, sponsor this year, looking at women in leadership and suffrage and prohibition. And since you just brought that up, tell us, you are in the position of leadership as the director of the Department of Archives and History. I am. And there there have been a lot of uh, women directors of state agencies in recent years. And in most cases, they are the first woman to direct that agency. But in my case, I am the second woman director of the Department of Archives and History. The legendary Charlotte Capers was director in the 1950s. She made a huge impact, uh, oversaw the restoration of the old Capitol and the opening of the museum there. Uh, she was very close friends with with uh, Eudora Welty, and their friendship led to the uh, Welty's donation of her incredible collection and her house um, and artifacts uh, to the Department of Archives and History. So by the time I arrived... Um, in the early 1990s, there was really a strong tradition of women in leadership at Archives and History. Uh, just to mention a few other names, Patty Carr Black, Donna Dye, Chrissy Wilson, Lucy Allen, uh, now Pam and Cindy Gardner. There, there are many, many women in leadership at Archives and History and always have been. And uh, that's part of the strength of the agency. Pamela, let me ask you, as the director of the two Mississippi museums, how did you go from, I don't know, regular person to a leadership position? Well, that's to say she was never a regular person. <laughs> I was not going to say that, but I was going to say that. Yeah, that, that. sounds terrible. <laughs> but but uh, not from a regular person because I started at Smith-Robertson Museum and Culture Center. And it's always in the work that you do. The, your work speaks for itself. And when people see what you do, then you're rewarded. Do you have a passion for what you do? I have an amazing, a major passion for what I do. There's nothing else that I want to do and, and because history builds up people. When you know about where you're from, who your people are, it builds you up because you understand your legacy that you, you have to continue. Is that why you're successful? Is that why you're a leader? Because of the passion you have? Yes, yes. And again, legacy is important. I have no choice in anything that I do. It is a chore, actually. It's a passion because I am living on the on on the shoulders, on the backs of many people who did what they did in order for me to be in this position. And Katie, you're going on 30 years in this uh, with yeah. the Archives and History Department, so or agency. I knew as soon as I got to Archives and History that it was a special place and the right place for me. Um, just the range of of work that we do in in history and culture and literature and. Uh, music. It's all fascinating. And it is, uh, Pam might be, she's definitely one of the most passionate people um, about her work I've known, but our agency is and has been full of people who uh, who are just, you know, they're not there to, to, to get rich and famous. They are there because they love history and they love the work they do. And it, it's a wonderful uh, place to work. And I know Pam and I both feel fortunate to be there. 
because this is Women's History Month, we want to focus on a couple of women. Um, Pamela, if we can start with you, a woman from the civil rights movement in Mississippi who made an impact on this state in some way. Well, you know, there are a couple of people, but I think about um, right off is people like Ida B. Wells, who who started this anti-lynching campaign. I think about Merle Evers, who who said, I, I take the banner up after my husband was assassinated. And then I also think of people like Fannie Lou Hamer and how she was out there, this this rural Delta woman, and made a change for, for many people. There's so many names, especially women who were a part of the civil rights movement. They're almost too many to name. If you don't name all of them, you yeah, miss you somebody. <laughs> you get in trouble for that. So the women who were unassuming, the women who were drivers, the women who cooked. So there are many women who who were responsible for the success of the civil rights movement. Is there legacy to um, encourage people, inspire people now? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think about even a woman who wasn't even really a part of the movement, but she was there in her own way, and that's Osceola McCarthy, right out McCarthy, right out of uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who her inspiring words are helping women of the 21st century. If you want to be proud of yourself, you have got to do things you can be proud of. Katie, can you share? Sure. I mentioned a number of the women who shaped our work at the Department of Archives and History, but Pam mentioned one. Uh, that I want to, who I want to talk about for a few minutes, um, and that's Merle Evers. Uh, Merle Evers is an incredible person, uh, has been a huge influence on me personally. Um, and 15 years ago or so, she made a decision to donate her papers and the papers of Medgar Evers to the Department of Archives and History. This was way before we had the Civil Rights Museum. She was really taking uh, uh, a, a strong stand and and uh, demonstrating her faith in the department to take care of these papers uh, and use them wisely. Uh, they could have gone to any uh, any archives or university or institution in the country. She could have sold them for a lot of money, but it was important to her that they be in Mississippi. And um, she trusted us again to take care of them. She was close friends with uh, Governor Winter. Still is. Um, and we have worked every day uh, to live up to to her faith in us. Mm-hmm. She was a, one of the leaders, uh, along with Governor Winter um, and and a handful of others, in in building the, the the civil rights and history museums and raising the funds for them and building public su- support for them. Uh, so she's an inspiration to all of us, I think, at, at Archives and History. We've been speaking with Pamela Jr., who is the director of the two Mississippi museums, and Katie Blunt, who's the director of the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, an airbag recall could affect 100,000 Mississippi vehicles. How to know if yours needs to be replaced. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts 
bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. More than 100,000 vehicles in Mississippi have unrepaired, recalled airbags. In a crash, defective airbags could rupture, spraying sharp metal fragments that can cause injury or death. The National Safety Council's Check to Protect program urges all drivers to make safety a priority by checking their vehicles and getting their defective airbags repaired immediately. Chris Freeman is the airbag recall campaign manager for Fiat Chrysler. He tells our Michael Guidry how recalled airbags can be hazardous to Mississippi drivers. When these airbags are exposed to heat and humidity over time, which Mississippi definitely has heat and humidity, what happens is, is part of the airbag inside degrades and it breaks down. And then when you need that airbag in a crash to save your life and inflate, what happens is it may break apart when it deploys as it's needed and sharp metal pieces may be fired out of the airbag at high rates of speed. They're like pieces of shrapnel that come towards the driver or the passengers. Are there any specific makes or models of Fiat Chrysler uh, vehicles that are subject to this recall? There are a number of uh, makes and models, uh, not just Fiat Chrysler vehicles, but Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram um, is one of a large number of vehicles that are exposed across 18 or 19 different automakers in the United States. But if you drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram between the model years of 2003 and 2016, and this includes uh, our Dodge Ram pickup trucks, our Chrysler 300, Dodge Charger, Dodge Challenger, the Dakota, the Durango, um, the Jeep Wrangler. These are just some of the vehicles that are affected. But uh, really what's what's the best way to find out is you can check your specific vehicle. So maybe one of your listeners has one of those vehicles, but a prior owner had it fixed. Or maybe a prior owner didn't have it fixed. And what's really most important is that they check their specific vehicle. And there's a really easy way to do that. Every vehicle has a, a unique 17-digit vehicle identification number. You can find that number on the driver's side dashboard right up by the windshield. You can kind of see it standing outside the vehicle, probably easier than inside. Then you can all, Or you can also get that from registration or insurance documents. If you take that number and you go to checktoprotect.org, that's check the word T-O, protect.org, you can type that number in, and immediately a report comes back for your specific vehicle. It will tell you exactly which recalls that your vehicle has. And then, most importantly, what we want uh, drivers and owners to do is then pick up the phone and call their local dealership. To clarify one thing, this isn't uh, this recall isn't based on any, uh, and specifically any like faulty mechanism or anything like that. But primarily, like make sure that your airbags get get these recalled because the deterioration over time could be a hazard. That's correct. There, there was some. There's a design defect or a design problem from the original supplier who made these airbags for 19 different automakers, 
and Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealers, uh, they're ready and waiting to fix these, and, and they put a brand-new airbag inflator in that doesn't have the same design defect um, as the original one. People check this. Um, they, they check their VIN. They put it in at checktoprotect.org. Uh, and they see that they have a their their car comes up on this. Do they have any cause to worry that the airbag might deploy unexpectedly, or is this just one of those things where hey, we want to make sure that in the case of an accident, your airbag does protect you rather than cause you harm? So people don't need to worry that their airbag will deploy on its own. Uh, the airbag, we we don't have any indication that that happens. The airbag only comes out when it's needed in a crash. However, we, we do know that some people will tell us, you know, they, I don't need to get it repaired because I'm a safe driver and I don't, I'm not going to need my airbags. But we need to remember it's not just us that we need to worry about on the road, but everyone driving around us. And maybe, we, you, know, maybe you are a really safe driver, but, you know, the person in the next lane or in front of you isn't maybe a safe driver or is not paying attention. So even if uh, someone thinks they're a safe driver or that it can't happen to them, we really encourage people to check. And if you do have that recall, by all means, pick up the phone and give us a call. Repairs are fast, they're free, and they're easy. And those repairs can be done at any dealership? That's correct. You just need to go to a dealer that matches the brand on your vehicle. So uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram owners, just pick up the phone and call that, that Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram dealer down the street. Chris Freeman is Airbag Recall Campaign Manager for Fiat Chrysler. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.